Are you kidding me? In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, Jeannie is lying through her teeth. And then, we're going to talk about things that have changed in our relationship. We know one thing ain't changed. Girl. We'll be right back. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the cute dick of the dog, and a caffeine hot like you ain't never seen in your life. Two cups of coffee in, and I'm blazing, son. Actually, I think blazing is high. <laughs> I don't I don't blaze, but I have had a couple of cups of caffeine, coffee, caffeinated coffee today, and it's banging, son. With that being said, uh, make sure that you utilize the email address quincy at mvsmpodcast.com. And that is Q-U-I-N-C-Y at M-V-S-M podcast. And that's like man versus marriage. And be sure to go give us, you know what they say, smash that like button. I don't really have one of those until we get this program back on YouTube with video um, or Rumble. But uh, go rate and review the show as a pay it forward to your humble hosts here, Jeannie and Quincy. And that way we can broaden the platform. We can grow this movement to make your marriage great again. Come on. All right. With that being said, something has changed in our relationship. And we are here to talk about that. And the fact is, is that we did an episode about what do you want more of. And I want to focus more on the good in our relationship. I want to focus more on being intentional with our relationship. What do you want more of in our relationship? Quality time. Yeah, because we discussed that on the needs. Now, look, you listener, if you're driving down the road and it's safe, look at yourself in the rearview mirror for a split second. And once you catch your own eyeball, ask yourself, have I listened to the episodes that talk about needs? Because if I haven't, I need to kick myself in my own balls and go listen to it, and then come back to this episode. If you're capable of doing that, please video. I would like to see this happen. It's possible <laughs> to at least I hit yourself. I guess if you live in the South in the summertime, it would be possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what we're looking at here is weeks ago, several episodes ago, we were, doing, we were taking inventory, and we had some blind spots. We allowed, what Coach Rita would tell us, we allowed life to live us instead of us living life. So, we had to make some adjustments. And one of the things we needed to adjust was our weekly check-ins. We just were not doing them. And we could have every excuse in the book on why it can't be done. And the fact is, is if you're like, oh, this has got to be perfect, you're not going to get to it. Mm. So... We have begun and have, we have been faithful and consistent with our check-ins, and that's kind of what drove the episodes talking about needs. Because What are we checking in on? Is it just like, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Oh, great. Oh, well, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Okay, let's move along. No, that's, that's not what we wanted. What we wanted was to check in and say, hey, are your needs being met? Where are you? Let me help locate you. Can I encourage you? 
Um, what can I do to support you? What do you want more of? Are you frustrated? So it's a, it's a culmination of things. It's a, it's a collection of things that you talk about. But when we did the episode about what does our marriage need, I started to understand more clearly what the purpose for the check-in is. And look, at first, when you're doing check-ins, you know, you go back and listen to our episode, Hard Talks, you may get into the routine that every time you come together to check in, it's all got to be about hard talks. It's got to be difficulty. But don't, don't, don't do that. Don't make every talk about a hard talk. I think hard talks have to be done separately. You know, your your check-in... Now, Rita used to call hers the airing of the grievances. Yeah. she they did, but, Her and Bill did it once a week. But theirs was a little bit different. The reason they called it airing of the grievances is because it was in the beginning of everything. And they majority of the conversations were hard talks because they were trying to work through what is the issue and how do we fix it. And um, they were having... they They had a different set of issues than what we had so for us in the beginning we did have hard talks were were kind of a regular thing for us but it's because we were trying to figure things out now we're at the place where it's a check-in and the hard talks are done separately because a check-in is more um you know where are you with your thought process on work where are you with you know what's going on with the kids how's your heart in this situation where are you with your goals you know, those types of things. Whereas a hard talk is more, um, we need to have a conversation about something and we need to do it away from the kids. When can we have this? Well, know? we, if you're, it, we haven't made that distinction. I'm using the check-in for both. If there is a hard conversation that I need to talk about, that's where well, I'm going to do it. Yeah, for you and I, yes, because we've been through this process. For someone who is just oh, figuring things yeah. out, Please don't go into this and just decide, you know, we're just going to hash out every little detail each conversation because then you're going to turn each other off. You're not going to want to talk. And there's some nuances. And, you know, this year we're going to get into giving you our take on what has built our relationship over the last 15 years. What's brought it to the point where it is where, you know, in spite of, some difficulties and challenges, I believe our relationship is still growing and getting better. And it has peaks and valleys. There's times where, you know, she's my favorite person, but we're not on the best of terms at the moment, and we have to work through those things and iron them out. That's relationships. So what has changed? What's changed for you? I know I brought this topic up. I just sense that something has changed for the better for us. So what has changed in you and in our relationship, if you can speak to that? Um, in me is more of a personal journey. It, it's not so much a you and me thing. It's more where my focus is and what my goals are for myself. Um, my, my thought process is a little different. And what, tell me what your thought process was. Um, like, this is not scripted, so when you're talking to me, I'm just going to ask you some stuff um, so that I understand. I, I was coming down on myself for some things, <clears throat> feeling like I was coming up short, um, you know, getting concerned that I wasn't doing enough in some areas, and uh, really what it, it boiled down to was 
um, I had come to a place where I was tired of the excuses that I was giving myself and I was trying to figure out how to get past um, the frustrated part of me and how to change my focus a little bit. So I just, I did what I do. I love to read, I love to learn. So I dove into a couple of things. Uh, one of them just happened to be a podcast that popped up on my phone, which is funny because I follow them, but I don't really, I, it's not somebody I really watch very often. Yeah. Um, and it popped up and it was about the lady who wrote and who the movie um, The Secret was fashioned after. And um, so I read that book and it just kind of changed my mentality on how I was focusing on things. And it kind of pointed out some things that I didn't realize I was kind of doing to myself. Um, you know, looking at things that were offered as a form of grace actually turned into excuses for me. And um, so I went down that road and then from there she directed me to a couple other books. I got into the Julia Gulia thing. Sorry, Julia Gentry. We call her Gulia. It's, it's an inside joke. Um, but I started getting into that a little bit more. I did that more around Christmas time and that kind of shifted where I was planning my year. And then you and I had been talking. I guess we started doing the, the check-ins more regularly right after Thanksgiving, like right, right around Thanksgiving time, maybe. Um, Probably, we, probably around Christmas time because we were going well, to. Well, we started talking about we need to do this, we need to do this, and then life was just going haywire for us with everybody's schedule and getting ready for trips and all that kind of stuff. So then we started. We we purposely started um, talking about things again, like intentional conversations, instead of just you know this is the business side of life and this is what's going on with the kids and this is what your schedule looks like and blah 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 we we actually got intentional on but I think a lot of that started too because you were starting Quincy has this deal that he does every year and I'm I'm getting a little bit better at it usually my goals fall off so I don't really get as into it but the kids enjoy it we usually plan out our next year of what are my main goals what is my mindset going to be what is my focus going to be and um, I had been falling short with that so I don't usually get excited I just do it because it's what we do and then this year, um, I went a different route. Instead of setting my goals for myself, I intentionally set, um, instead of putting goals like I'm going to write this book or I'm going to do this exercise or I'm, any of that kind of stuff, I just made um, a commitment to myself that I'm going to focus on what I want to learn about myself and how to help myself, how to get myself out of the mentality that I've been in. And I'm going to focus on my craft and wherever that takes me, it takes me. And um, it's been a good thing for me so far. But then you and I started talking and um, I think my, my attention shifted from just learning to back to basics, you know, going back to the root of my faith and what I believe and you know, why am I letting these other things kind of put me in this place when that's not what I believe in? It's it's not really who I am. Um, and then you and I started having those conversations, and we've had some pretty 
like deep conversations uh, over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then we made a priority for our time because we know, you know, your schedule sometimes keeps us apart and that's really difficult for me. So we, we've scheduled in for at least the next four months. We, we have specific times away or things that we're doing together that um, will help us build on where we're going and our goals. Yeah, I've, I've noticed, <clears throat> I noticed some of that, that change in you, I think. I think something with the church had really kind of hurt you or burnt you deep, so I didn't notice. You've always really done your own thing when it comes to having your prayer time. Um, but, you know, just some things that I notice as an observer of you. Um, I noticed some of that circling back around. And, you know, there's a, what's really interesting is that, uh, I don't know, we, we lived back on Spawn, and that's been probably about 15, 16 years ago, uh, roughly. It was in the beginning of all this, as I was developing my new life philosophy. Um, sounds very familiar. I mean, very uh, formal, but and it, it actually was. But, you know, I, I was always praying for you and the things that I thought would be best for you. And then it occurred to me one day while I was in prayer... What I wanted for you may not be what you want for you. And what I want for you may not be what God wants for you. And I was kind of taken back by that. And I was like, well, why wouldn't I want to support what it is she wants for herself and what God's plan is for her? And so I prayed differently. And it was like, I don't, I don't involve my faith in the show very much, but for the sake of the conversation, I'm going to involve it here. So I was praying one night, and I was like, Holy Spirit, just share with me Jeannie's heart for Jeannie. doesn't need to be my way. And then share with me, if you would, what your heart is for her. I want to pray according to that as opposed to according to what I want. And as my dad used to say, and I don't know what this means, but he used to say, you know, I'd be John Brown. And I'm going to say this, I'd be John Brown if she didn't, in very short order, could have been the next day. I don't want to fabricate the story. But immediately therein, she started making changes, and it was her idea. So something within her received some power and some life and some spirit and some intention. And it it was like, holy cow, why don't I just pray this way for everybody? Because what I want for you may not be what you want. I'm a firm believer that the things you want in your life, the, the healthy things that you desire to do, I believe those are put there by God. So it would be to fulfill your purpose on this earth. So why wouldn't I want to pray along those lines, even though it may not fit what my wants are? Mm -hmm. And so that's when I saw all those years ago, that's when I saw your course in life start to change. And I've been an observer of your life for a very long time. And I can tell something is different in you now 
and you teach me things and I teach you things. And I'm thankful for that. And, you know, I, I've told you as of recently, one of my newest sayings is the best advice you can be is. Huh? The, maybe you're not listening. Yeah. The best advice you can give someone is to be. You, you've lost me here, buddy. Okay. The best advice you can give someone is to be the example. I've only said it to you 500 times. Um, as we're talking about our children and what we want to do to change. Okay, that so. was not the context I was seeing that in, but okay. I understand what you're saying now. Well, thank you for that epic fail, and I am not mm-hmm. going to edit it out of the program. With well, that you being didn't said, edit that I didn't know your email either, but it wasn't that I didn't know it. I just wasn't thinking about it at the moment. Okay, what's the email then? It's Quincy at mbsmpodcast.com. Lord have mercy. What? It's true. That's it. I know. It right. I, I Like I said, I know what it is, but this is one of those things that, you know, it, it's not right on the tip of my tongue. It's right here in the tip of my head, but I don't, they don't always come out. So I endeavored to be the example, and I am by far not perfect, but I've always wanted, I've always had the personality of coaching and helping people. My dad reminisces about when I would get home from my high school job at 10 p.m. at night. I would sit down at the table in the kitchen, which you know exactly where that is. His room is right was right there. Like maybe 15 feet from the table? Yeah, and him and Gigi would just be really irritated because I was sitting there on the phone eating, talking to my friends, giving and them relationship advice. Quincy doesn't talk quiet. Moran's don't. Um <laughs> But that, you know, that was at like 16, 17 years old. Here I am trying to coach people. It's just who I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm embracing that more and more. But as much as words affect me, it's action. Like I've said for years, talk is cheap. It's action that really pays the bills. So the best advice you can give someone is to be the example. And back when I was coaching football, this crazy saying came to me in prayer. And what was it? It was, place a demand on history. What does that even mean? It's live your life in such a way where history is forced to say certain things about you. What is your legacy? Place a demand on history. Go get it. Be the example. That's the best advice you can give. And then... So that, you know, that to me was what I could do to show you what's possible is to live the life in front of you. Not that I'm someone you look up to as a, as, you know, a figure, whatever, not that, but just that you could see um, someone in your own proximity that has legitimately changed his life to see what change is actually possible. I'm not the poster child for it, but I am somebody who believes it's possible because I made these changes and put my focus back on where it mattered the most, which was my wife, my children, and my family. And there's been struggle along the way. There's bumps, there's bruises, there's mistakes, there's reconciliation, there's wins. But all of it's coming to this place, and I I thoroughly believed when we left California that Texas is going to be a catalyst for us to thrust us into the next part of our life. I think we're seeing it unfold right in front of our eyes now. What is coming? 
And so we've opted. We, I believe we do our best to live the principles that we preach on this podcast because I'm not a guy who's going to say things and then not do it. I have my moments, but having that aha moment say, what the heck are we freaking doing? We're not not doing our check-ins anymore, and we're wondering why there's gaps in our communication. Why is there distance in our relationship? Well, it's pretty easy. We weren't doing the things necessary. We're encouraging all of you to do it, and we fell off the wagon. So we've put it back, and it's made, I'm going to say it's made, significant changes in our connection, mm-hmm. you know, and go back and look at the catalog, as my man NF would say. You know the catalog. You know we've got some scars. You know we had some very difficult conversations live on the microphone. Sit down and talk openly about your sex life with your spouse and ask your spouse this question. Who decides when we have sex? I did that on a microphone. I did not edit it. But I did that for our benefit. I did that for everyone's benefit so that they could learn what these conversations look like. And now with what we've done with taking inventory, because we were long overdue for that, just locating where are you? And so taking that principle of take inventory, find out what your needs are, and then check in on those needs is the way you nourish your relationship. It sounds, it might sound like it's overly complicated, but it's actually really simple. We even did that, honey. We sat on, I I said, hey, I don't think we could name what our needs are. So let's not talk about it now. Let's get on this show and talk, just talk through what the heck are our needs so that our listeners could take that exercise to their own relationship, their life and their relationship. And that is what is proving successful. So that, to me, is what's changed. It's going to be, you know, one of the books I write. I don't want to announce the title. I don't want somebody to take it. But I do have another book in there that's helping us. Um, It's on down the, maybe it'll be nine pages long. Ooh, progress. Or or ten. Hey, yeah. So how have uh, what are the check-ins like for for you now? Because we we are actually having some very meaningful discussions. What are they like for me now? Um I guess that's a, as opposed to not having them, but well for me it kind of meets a need for me anyway because I have to have Meaningful conversation. Not having meaningful conversation to me just is kind of going through the business of the day. And um, that doesn't that that doesn't mean that I matter. That just means that what I'm doing at home is getting done or, you know, the plans that are being made have been handled that that's not about me. That's about what I do. Um, <clears throat> so when we started doing the talks again, that meets part of my quality time because I I need to be able to really talk about what's going on with me and what I'm learning and, and you know, how I feel about stuff. But I also need to locate you because it's very easy for us, which we've proven that's how this all started. And we fell off the, the check-in wagon was 
your job just got really, really busy and Mm -hmm. you were gone a lot more than normal. At least for me, it seemed like you were gone more than normal. And um, it became a point of frustration for me because our conversations were, we had talks on the phone, but it's not the same as sitting with you in the truck or, you know, going and having a cup of coffee or going to breakfast and sitting face to face with the person, not not on a screen, but just face to face with the person and talking things out. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're away and you're in a hotel room and we're FaceTiming, we're talking, but it, to me, it's not the same level of connection in a conversation. Of course. You know, you're, you're in a hotel room, so it's not like people around you can't hear everything that's going on. I'm in the house still with the kids. They can hear everything I'm talking about. When we have our check-ins, we do them away from home. Um, we, we do them in the car. We go out to coffee. We go out to breakfast. doesn't mean other people can't hear us, but I don't want the kids involved in our conversation because I never know what we're going to bring up. And a couple of times we, we have hit on some topics where, um, you know, this is going on with one of our kids, and I, I'm not sure where my heart is on this because this is how I feel. I, those are not conversations I want around listening ears, mm-hmm. you know, in our house. I want to be able to have those because that, that frees both of us up to be able to say whatever it is that we need to say and not worry about it being taken wrong or, you know, going through the telephone, so to say, from one kid to the other kid to the other kid. And then it, by the time it gets back to us, it's like that's not even remotely close. And I don't want to have to explain to them what our conversation was. You know, that that's, yeah. a, that's a you and me thing. Um, but it helped me a lot because it means that I matter. It, it means that I'm a priority. It means that, you know, you really want to know what I'm going through and what I'm dealing with and not just, you know, hey, how's the book? Still on the computer. You know what I mean? It, it's I just, it's a little more in depth. Or um, when we had the conversations about your thought process on work and your strategies and what you want to do, it's like coming out and telling you, you you know how to do this. This is this is not what you're you're thinking it is. You know how to do this, so why aren't we going to that? Those conversations are things that um it just proves that we're really paying attention to each other. That that we we actually are watching each other go through stuff. We just weren't talking to each other as we were watching it happen. Now that we are, I think it just makes it a lot better. It does and you know I really, I, I thoroughly believe in that principle Coach Rita taught us that, you know, it, it's what, how full is your tank? Because if your, if your needs are being met and your tanks are full, that means that you have, you have the fuel to go out and start to fill other people's tanks. Well, and I think we get hung up on um, allowing that tank to empty now, I have a rule of thumb when it comes to me driving kids around because of where we live and what the weather is like. I don't let my car get below half a tank. Now, I know some people, you'll let it go all the way down to E. Some people let it get, you know, quarter of a tank. My mom is a quarter of a tank. I don't let it get below a half on purpose because I don't know what our weather is going to do on any given time, and I'm not getting caught in a storm with my kids in a vehicle in Texas. Ain't going to happen. So I'm very intentional about making sure I top up the tank. Or if I know, you know, it's Thursday and I only, I've got a few things to do tomorrow, but I'm going to need to drive, you know, down to Rockwall on Monday. 
I will plan ahead to know how much I'm going to need and make sure that I'm covered for my drive because I know how far I'm going to have to go. And I think as people, we get kind of caught up in our life and we let ourselves get down to empty or really close to empty before we're like, oh, hey, hey, I need you to come fill this up. I want to take it more as the preventative like I do with the car. You know what? I'm, I'm about a quarter low right now. And I'm, I'm okay, but I'm about a quarter low. If we get down to half, we need to stop everything and we need to top up the tank. Because if I get below a half, that's when I start getting kind of antsy and I start getting kind of moody. I start noticing things change. But sometimes we just don't catch it until we're actually in the bad attitude or snapping at each other or, you know, snapping at the kids and whatnot. Well, the what's interesting is once you do get to below half a tank, the closer it gets to empty, the longer you try to stretch it out. And then it gets into emergency mode so you don't run out of fuel. It's like me in a haircut. If I do it on a routine, it's great. But then sometimes I just let it linger. It stays out there. And then my hair's crazy. My eyebrows are crazy. Everything's crazy. And it gets into emergency mode. And I think that's the very principle that you're referring to. Man versus marriage. It is me, Quincy Moran, your humble servant, and I'm here to talk to you about what's going to go on in 2024. We will be doing marriage panels this year. And if you would like the opportunity to interview for the show, email me, Quincy at MVSMPodcast.com, and let's talk about it. We are going to bring you some guests this year, but as a part of that, we want our listeners to be on the show to see how we can help and what we can learn from you. All right, boys and girls, that's all for now. Now back to the podcast. What you don't want to do is let your tank get to low fuel, like the alert, because mm -hmm. it'll tell you you got 50 miles, you got 25 miles, and for some reason... The lower your tank is, the longer you stretch it out. And then you get into the point of like getting stressed out because you're looking at the tank all the time. And then sometimes for people, their tank runs empty and they run out of gas. And so I think the philosophy of managing your tank and making sure it's full so that you have what you need is good. And there may be sometimes during these talks where it's like, you know, I'm... I'm actually good. Let's just be. Let's go watch a movie or something like that. But intentionality is a big deal. The The thing that you, the balance required is not to assume you know exactly what the other person is doing and talking about without asking the right questions. And I've been guilty of that. I'm, 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 I'm a very intentional person. I mean what I say, and I say what I mean. And so when things don't happen according to what I expect, or when things do happen, I'll sit back and go, well, I'm really intentional, so you must be doing this to me on purpose. <laughs> and that that's a problem. Sometimes you may be right, but the fact is when it comes to communication, it's not what you say, it's what other people hear. And it's also not what you say, it's what you actually do. We have a situation in our home. 
where somebody tells us what it is we want to hear. But you can't take that at face value. You need to look at what the actions are. Mm -hmm. So They're giving you the right answer, but they're not doing what it is that they're saying. Yeah, and that happens with us, too. And sometimes it's in a struggle. And you, and what's important, you know, just to kind of round that side of it out is you and your wife have to give each other permission to give some accountability here because sometimes you need it. Both of us, Jeannie and I both, or it's like, hey, that was sharp, or hey, this looked like this way, or hey, so-and-so, so you get an idea of what the personality is that's coming across. So these things work. These things truly do work together, but being intentional. And I talked to our listeners, one listener in particular, where he's a great guy. He thinks in very black and white, concrete ways. And our goal is for him to just be more mindful like, you don't always do what's logical to you when you are meeting the needs of your spouse because she's not you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, let's exercise X, Y, and Z, and let's just be a little bit more mindful here because that can that can be a big deal. An example, you know, um, you have a sick wife, and she's like, I can't sleep, and there, I need you to do X, Y, and Z for me. Well, you're going to... You take care of the kids, the laundry, and the cleaning, and then you go get the medicine. But the medicine was necessary in the beginning for her to sleep, and then you can take care of the rest. So it's like, ask what it is you need. Honey, what, what do you need? I want to sleep. Okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'll tell you what, though. I'll be more mindful of this. So I'm going to go get you what you need first, and then I'm going to get to the rest. That or you can, I mean, that's a simple question of, you know, if she's telling you she needs medicine to sleep, she's not feeling good, and she needs you to take care of all these other things, that's a simple ask of, do you want me to get the medicine now, or can you wait until I get XYZ done? Which would you rather me do first? Sure. It's, It's just a simple... I say it's simple, but sometimes we just don't think this way. But it's it's learning how to ask questions and, and learning how to ask the correct question. You know? And those, yeah, those are, and sometimes those are, uh, those are trial and error. Um, but you give each other permission to do those things. You also give each other grace to screw it up. <laughs> and then if something is not, if something's not working, you have the right to speak up about it. And there's a difference in being, you know, nitpicky, but saying, hey, I don't, I like this. I, I would like more of this. I don't, I don't like this. So what can we do differently? And that, I think that's been um, what I used to call and still call game changer for us. And that is getting back to these check-ins because we did them for a while. We were doing that Moran coffee talk. And the reminder was still coming up in my phone. Moran money, Moran coffee talk. And we just weren't doing it. And we were doing the check-ins, you know, via FaceTime. But there's a difference. We learned this during the, the pandemic. There's a difference in talking with somebody over the computer 
or being in the, their presence to feel one another's energy, mm-hmm. to to really connect with another human being. There's a big difference there. So I haven't, because of the time of year and some bad weather, I haven't traveled as much as I was. And, you know, we're coming up on a week where I'm going to be doing some traveling. So it's an opportunity for us to adjust what we're doing, but to maintain our goal of the check-in. Oh, actually, it's not a goal. It's a non-negotiable. So it's an opportunity for us to maintain our promise to one another that we are going to check in. And so we have to talk about what day is that going to be. And if something comes up, we'll check in. But an actual check-in is like we did the uh, couple couple nights ago, which is jump in the truck, let's go for a drive. If you want to get a coffee, a tea, or whatever, just go buzz through, sit and talk for 20 minutes or so, and then go. And just go where the conversation takes you. If there is something that you need to talk about, then say it. A lot of times it's uncomfortable to say things to put yourself out there because you don't know what reaction you're going to get. But utilize this. Learn from it. Give each other a mulligan. Use our philosophy, which is say it ugly and clean it up. Talk to one another. I Use our principles. You can, you can take our principles and kind of make them, tailor them, engineer them to fit your situation. But do that and then learn how to communicate. And learn to identify one another's needs. And keep your eyes open for your spouse. Because when they start acting in such a way that's not congruent with who they are, you can ask some questions and help them with whatever they are struggling through. And I, I just, I really like the the love tank philosophy and it makes sense to me because like when I, with my work truck, you know, with the traveling that I do, it's like, oh, I've got to go, I got to go get gas, but I don't have the time. It's like, no, Quincy, you don't have time not to get gas. Yeah. Because when it gets down, you got a 35-gallon tank, and you want to put 34.9 gallons into it, you are setting yourself up for failure. All those technical difficulties, got to love them. Got to love them. So with that being said, anything you want to put on this uh, as a finishing touch, honey, we know that things have changed for the positive. I had a couple of notes that uh, that I'll finish with. Any final words on your part? Um, yeah, just you know, for us, it's been a game changer. So we're practicing what we preach. Just so people know, we fall short too. Um, but if you make it intentional and you add the check-ins and you purposefully see to each other's tank, I think it makes a considerable difference. I really do as well. And so you can go back and listen to the needs episodes that we did most recently. So look back from this. There, I think there's four episodes, maybe three episodes. And uh, so get, get in on those. And then remember this. What do you want? What do you need? How can I help? Use the check-in method as your uh, method to proceed. And that's going to make a big difference in your relationship. 
And if we can help you, send us a message. Quincy at MVSMPodcast.com. And uh, we look forward to being able to help you um, in your endeavor to grow and strengthen your relationship. If your relationship is not growing, then it's most likely, no, then it's deteriorating. Stagnant water, you know all those things. I don't really need to keep saying it. Anyway, that's it for this episode of Man vs. Marriage. She is Jeannie Moran. I'm Quincy Moran. And this is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. (laughs) 